captive insurance companies, telematics with trucking, and much more. Let's go to the bench. Legal news, information, and interviews from Collins and Lacey, a leading South Carolina defense firm for construction, workers' comp, hospitality, retail, trucking, professional liability, mediation, government, and ethics matters. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect that of Collins and Lacey, its management, or employees. This is The Legal Bench. And welcome to The Legal Bench. I'm Michael Burney, Director of Business Development at Collins and Lacey Defense Law Firm in Columbia, South Carolina. This episode was recorded live at the South Carolina Captive Insurance Association meeting. And you'll hear Collins and Lacey Defense Attorney, Robert Peel, along with his special guest, Gary Osborne of Risk Partners. I understand that you're employed with Risk Partners? Yes, that's uh, Risk Partners. We're the insurance side of the Holman Enterprises. Kind of explain to me what your day-to-day, what you do day-to-day. Risk Risk Partners was brought into Holman fairly recently because they did everything for their fleet customers except insurance. So they thought it would be a nice addition to have insurance to round out everything for fleets. And when they were doing that, they realized that they were likely to be sizable fleets, so that alternative risk would be a good tool to have in that kit box. So they said, Gary, come and open a captive management firm and be ready to deal with our clients, but also you're quite free to go out and set up a standard captive management practice. And so we're, we're sort of an open market captive manager with a concentration in automotive space, and we're ready to help our parent and our clients as sort of a first priority. Okay, and what type of, uh, you mentioned automotive, can kind of describe, is that a, you know, fleet vehicles with like Rent-A-Center or U-Haul, or is that more motor carriers? Uh, it's more the vocational fleets like Rotor-Rooter and pickup trucks and panel vans and sprinters, that type of thing. So it's more, uh, but they range from a hundred to the thousands. Um, uh, they've also just launched a new one to do the small, smaller fleets, like, so we now can handle fleet uh, down to 10. So as low as 10 units we're willing to try and help with the fleet management and the insurance part was a natural fit because they were heavily investing in the telematics and the cameras and we had the data that showed using the telematics and the cameras were probably a 35 to 45% improvement in loss ratios. How long have y'all been relying on telematics? It's been increasing in the fleet, but for about 10 years they've been using it and the penetration of it is increasing dramatically um, and the effectiveness of it is growing. I mean, it's just with the hard market affecting the automobiles, it's a huge difference maker. And we actually, as I said, created a program where we convinced Carrier that because of this data, we'd be a better risk and they've allowed us to set up this program for our clients. So we've actually offered a, an insurance program to fleets as long as they're using one of our services. And the preferred one, obviously, is the cameras and telematics. But as long as they're in our system and using our database, we can, we've got a competitive insurance product for them. Are businesses now thoroughly convinced that the initial investment of putting the cameras in their vehicles substantially outweighs the cost because they recoup it in other ways, especially probably in insurance premiums or insurance risk or anything like that? It is getting much simpler. It used to be it was more, a lot of them weren't willing to fight the drivers 
I think the drivers were a little bit uncomfortable with it. So there was some pushback that we don't want to be pushing the drivers. Um, but with the driver shortage and also just trying to recruit people, they've actually sort of got the point. They can demonstrate to the drivers it's actually in the driver's best interest. And there's actually a much better buy-in from the drivers now, at least on the forward-facing. The, the in-camera, in-cab cameras are, were, are not being taken up to the same degree as the outward-facing ones. Um, but the telematics and the outward-facing cameras were getting very, very good penetration. And most companies are realizing it, and we've got the data to back it up, that it's just a massive cost-saving over that first initial investment. I understand the initial pushback was Big Brother's watching me. I mean, I want, I want freedom. But have you found that some of these drivers who have had these forward-facing cameras have realized that they've ever been in an accident or incident and they weren't in the wrong, that they probably end up liking it at the end? Well, that's been the biggest help has been some drivers basically reporting back on a claim that um, they were able to say to their buddies, hey... If I didn't have the camera, we'd have been in court. We'd have been, I might have lost my license because we had somebody pull right in front of me and break the brakes, and there's no way I could stop. And I only was given like 20% instead of 100 it would have been in the old days because we could clearly state this person did not give an appropriate amount of room, acted just stupidly, and so it was like an 80-20 split of liability. And so that kind of word of mouth spreads very effectively. And uh, the reluctance has gone down dramatically. I think people are understanding that it's actually not a bad thing when they're getting told. Sometimes we've had people, we only trigger it when they drive a minute or two minutes over the speed limit. Uh, we don't do it for 10 seconds, 20 seconds. You can adjust the equipment. So if they're two or three minutes over the speed limit, that's they'll get a, they'll get a flag in that. And some of them are like, oh, I just didn't realize. And obviously... As a risk manager, we work with the risk manager to set those parameters. And most of the drivers are actually at this point acknowledging it and working to it, just understanding the, that this is not necessarily just Big Brother, it's just good risk management. Does your um, analytical data at this point, is it able to like send like a beeping sound if the driver's driving five miles over the speed limit, or is it just the data's recorded and the supervisor can go back and look and see what they were like in a month period or something? Depending on the equipment they choose, we can do both. Uh, most of them at this point are still more like the daily report. I mean, some of them got the fact that if you've gotten that kind of warning, we actually kick out training modules to you, that you're supposed to do that training module before you go back out the next day. So there are, again, there's a lot of optionality in that area because um, some people, it's cost and pricing. I mean, do you want to... In this market, we've actually seen a little pushback on the sort of training modules because they're, they're okay with warning them, but they don't really necessarily want to annoy them that much because it's a hard employment market. But most of the time, we've got... There's apps you can have on their phone that'll actually ding uh-huh. for the, when they're in a violation. And it's usually something, it's not, they've tried to adjust it because you, know, you don't want to be dinging them just for a heartbreaking when you, it's just constant heartbreaking or continuously over the speed, the set speed. I mean, we say speed limit, you, know, you agree with the drivers what speed they're not supposed to exceed, so it might be. They shouldn't be doing more than 70. All right. Well, Gary, I appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you so much, and we look forward to talking to you next year. Enjoy it as always, gentlemen. Have a good day. And for the latest legal news and information of interest to South Carolina businesses, join us right here for the next episode of The Legal Bench. You've been listening to The Legal Bench from the South Carolina defense firm Collins & Lacey. Learn more at collinsandlacey.com.